This podcast is the story of a group of mothers who, after feeling helpless about climate change, banded together to form the Radical Hope Club, a group where they could share their worries and action change. Here I talk to Barry Lieberman and Tiff Richmond about what it takes to build a community group when you're a busy mum, amongst other things, and how by connecting with your local community, you can find hope. I'm Louise Bannister, and this is the Lunch Lady Podcast. Okay, welcome Barry and Tiff to the Lunch Lady Podcast. It's so lovely to have you here. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Louie. <laughs> Barry, I was having a laugh with Tiff earlier to say that this is only my third podcast and I've already had to bring in my friends. What does that say about the lunch? <laughs> She's peaked too early. I've peaked, I've peaked too early. Um, but today we're going to talk about something really relevant to the world right now and also the world in general always is about community groups and we're going to talk about our little community group that we started and I thought you two being the um, wonderful leaders of that group in a sense could talk a little bit about community in general and also the Radical Hope Club which is the community group that we started here in Byron Bay. So I'm just going to kick off the questions with, um, uh, well to both of you, maybe to Tiff first about how it came about. Well, it came about um, off the back of the climate strikes last year. We were in Byron. We were doing, um, we were striking for climate with the school kids. We had our children with us. And at the end of the rally, which was incredible um, and led largely by the high school students in our area, my 10-year-old at the time had a lot of questions about things he'd heard being said about there only being 11 years left for us to make the changes needed for our planet and what's going to happen if we don't hit the targets. And I felt really conflicted about how to respond to that. I felt my usual optimism kind of muddied with the reality of what I needed to tell him. So I was talking to Barry on a text later that night and she suggested that we get together and form a circle for the mothers. No, sorry, for the children, which then quickly turned to holding a circle for the mothers first to create a space for us to share our fears, share our worry, share our concerns and our grief before we held a space for the kids. So that's how we began meeting up in circle. Yeah. And Barry, what was, what's your take on how it, how it began? What, what do you want to add to that? Well, first of all, it's really awesome to have Bessies like Tiff who remember the origin story. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So good. I um what Tiff said and um I I did remember a really visceral feeling when the teenagers were screaming at the top of their lungs for climate action. I just really felt personally it wasn't their job to lead. It's our job to hold the space for young people and that impulse that we all had to connect with each other and hold space for each other has become the Radical Hope Club and it's a space of hope and holding. Everything is in that circle. Um, Nothing is, you know, kicked out of the circle but it allows us to show up for the young people that we love who rely on us to forge a path for their future. So it's really at its at its beginning but to be able to locate your sense of activism and showing up in a local community group has been one of the most profound 
and grounding experiences for me in the last few years. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um, Having the Radical Hope Club, and we'll talk a little bit about the process of building it because it hasn't been easy and it's been, we haven't really known what it's been. We just, we just had an intention. So let's talk a little bit about the process of building it. You know, we met for the first time at Barry's house. It was kind of, it wasn't really anything, was it? Yeah, it was sort of a women's circle to begin with. It was sort of a check-in around the space. Um, how everyone was at in that space in time and it quickly over the the months that we first started meeting up got very action oriented and something you know people just wanted to act they wanted to be doing something which was awesome Um, but we were really cautious about moving into too much of an action oriented masculine space when there's such um, an incredible offering from the feminine and from that balance between holding the feelings and holding a space, uh, creating a container to put all the feelings. And then once we're in feeling in a good space, we can move into the action. Mm. I think that's, that's an interesting point. And I wonder if we should talk a little bit about masculine and feminine, because we are in Byron and that's sort of thrown around every day. But to mm. listeners, like, so basically a bunch of us came in <laughs> that were very goal orientated. Would you agree, Barry, where we were running businesses and doing stuff? Yeah, I, I, I um, mean, to be fair, so many of the women in this circle were all friends um, or friends of friends. And most of the women in this circle hold a lot that they wear a lot of different hats. Many of the women are business women. Many of them are very active on social media platforms or other media platforms. And so all of us really are constantly navigating a wisdom and an action tension a sort of desire to arrive at our deepest humanity and qualitatively show up for the questions, like what are the beautiful questions we're asking, and then living into the answers with our actions. And so there is a natural tension there and we can call it masculine and feminine and we have been playing with that language in the Radical Hope Club. Both are required and the um, honouring of both happens in the circle and that's unique because I think many people certainly on the climate front are through anxiety panic anger rage hope love all that want to just be in the action and it's very soothing for anxiety to be in the action however I don't think and we all agree we're not going to get to the right end point if we're not asking the beautiful questions and that comes from holding space for the feeling landscape as well and so I'm hesitant to use feminine masculine but we we can I just um it might require five more podcast conversations yeah and I think you're right I think my default even just in this group is to action straight away it makes me feel a lot better it makes me feel useful Tiff has kind of taught me to you've got to sit with the feelings you've got to talk you've got to show some vulnerability about how you're feeling which has been a very uh new thing for me. And what about you, Barry? Would you say you've kind of learnt to sit in both of those uh, places or has it taken a while? Yeah, I think that um, 
for me, I, I live in that tension a lot. I'm married to a man who's very action oriented. So I always feel like I'm the flag bearer for processing the feeling and psychological landscape as well. So it's just a good tension to hold. And I think knowing if everybody in the circle knows that both things are being held as valuable, then you'll get to where you need to get to. It just might feel a bit clunky on the way but that's it's 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 clunky but I love sitting in circle with you incredible women so I don't even there's this great um analogy it's like if you're on the bus with the right people you don't necessarily care where the destination is you just have to want to be on the bus together yeah yeah that's really true so from a practical level we we met and Tiff if you could speak to this what what did we do like once we started we started to realize that we needed we needed a bit of a, not a business plan, but a man, a mantra or a philosophy or... Yeah, it took quite a few months to really figure out as a group what our purpose was and what our intention was beyond coming together to um, be together and to form a circle of mothers in our community that could um, be ready and activate a plan to work on climate action and social justice. So there were some really, I think, awkward months in the beginning where I sensed a lot of uncertainty from people in the group about why are we, why are we here, what are we doing, um, when are we getting to the action. Um, and so we wrote an intention and purpose document to kind of clarify that those things, um, which was very useful. From that, we created a name. We started forging a bit of a feeling of cohesion within ourselves, and then. It probably took a good six months before we had a few ideas in the pot that we could actually move from that feeling space into action. And, you know, we've got a few different projects on the burner at the moment. Do you want to speak about yeah, that? Yeah, maybe yet, we'll or? speak about that in a little bit. But I think, Barry, jumping <clears throat> over to you about you can only move at the speed of trust, I think is a really important thing that you often say. And perhaps that coming together of the group and the fact we weren't actioning straight away was a lot to do with learning to trust each other. Because there were also women that came into the group that we didn't really know would you say that sort of um that's true yeah it's a beautiful saying isn't it moving at the speed of trust I I think that trust in circle if you want to move into action with people in your local community you have to know each other and you have to align at a deeper level as as human beings where you can trust each other enough to lean into doing hard things and um the things that we really want to do together, leading our community to live in harmony with the natural world and towards human flourishing, that's really big. So spending some time in the uncertain place of connection is incredibly valuable and you can, it's a, it's a beautiful saying, I don't know who said it, but you can only move at the speed of trust. And we want to move far and we want to move quite fast um, but pace is usually determined by the relational fibre between people. So I'm really, really grateful that we spent that time fostering that connection. It was really uncomfortable, but I have enormous trust in that process because I've been through it enough times to know that it works. 
Yeah, I agree with that. So let's talk on a more practical level now of um, we meet in the circle, we usually have a bit of an agenda, and then sort of suddenly, I would say slowly, some projects came up. You know, first I think it was the local community group needed some hampers or that was kind of the first. It was a very small thing, nothing we could kind of all get fully engaged in but something. And do, Do you want to speak more about that? Yeah, I guess following on from Moving at Speed of Trust, One of the central questions that we've been asking as a group is what can we do together that we can't do apart? So we moved from that space into, right, here are some projects, some places of need in our community, um, the hampers we got. Our circle then reached out to its circles beyond that of, you know, family, school, friends to rally the troops and gather as much as they could for this hamper project, which was really successful and gave us a sense that we were working together and doing something of purpose. And from there, a couple of other projects have stemmed. We've had a proposal we've been creating to um, make a community garden in Byron, which is on track and really exciting and kind of in line with the ideas we have in the Radical Hope Club about nourishing community and creating regenerative spaces and working on climate and social justice. And then um, we've also got another project we've been helping our local Indigenous mob with on Aboriginal deaths in custody. So that's an installation that's going to be happening soon. We've just been gathering and helping create that work every fortnight, which has been awesome. Um, the thing that's really important for anyone listening to this who's kind of gathering ideas for their own community, when the world feels like it's overwhelming and the problems are too wicked and too big, it's really beautiful to hone in on where you live and where you love and put your heart and soul into creating the most alive, vibrant, resilient community you can because proximity and intimacy are really vital in the world right now. And if your local community is thriving, you can do more in the wider world. But if you're always projecting out into the bigger, wider world problems, you, the, the feeling of disempowerment is so immense. So that's what the community garden means to us. It's going to be a location that thrums with vitality and safety and joy and connection and I know all of us long for that to be right outside our front doors so creating those spaces is as vital to the Radical Hope Club as sitting in circle with a cup of tea. Mm. Agreed and I think just talking about getting back to the uh, you know I, I just don't want people to feel like oh the community garden that's such a huge project I want them I want us to be transparent in the way we even got to that I think yeah. very you were very uh, insistent upon the community garden for all those reasons you mentioned. You've seen them work. You know that a community garden brings people together. You know it's a place to foster talking and discussion and ideas. Um, but we were quite resistant for a while because we thought we'd have no time, yeah, no time to do this. So if you two <laughs> want to talk about that, um, how that's kind of got to this next stage of you know putting a proposal into council and yeah we're very lucky that Barry kept pushing for this because (laughs) a lot of mums were feeling overwhelmed and maxed out with their commitments already um, including myself I was quite daunted and 
Barry just kept coming back to the beauty and importance and how great it will be and just keep doing, you know, the next step, one foot in front of the other. We had a really um, great meeting one week in the Radical Hope Club via Zoom with a beautiful lady, Mariam Issa, who's been on this podcast before, and she was really good at pushing us off the cliff into doing that project as well. Yeah. Barry, talk a little bit more about why you were so insistent on... um getting us or getting a a, because not all the crew is working on the community garden I'm not working on the community garden I'm more putting a lot of energy into the indigenous um installation so that's another thing you don't have to be on yeah every task together but Barry talk a little bit about more about community and community gardens and how you've seen them work Um, in the sense of bringing people together I feel like it's really important that the passions of the women or the people in the circle drive the projects because you have to believe in what you're dragging everyone along to do. <laughs> and I think that yeah. a lot for me, I'm, I'm really passionate about localising, about investing where you live and where you love because We can take our kids on a climate march, but where can we take them every day to have their faith restored in the natural world and their community to hold them? And so the community gardens was a restorative, joyful, tangible project that would be ongoing in front of our very eyes and fostering community vitality every day and require our engagement so it just felt like a really alive thing to do together and I just really have seen it work um, in different cities and communities that I've been to from Mariam Issa's incredible community garden that she's built in Melbourne to the St Kilda Gardens and onwards and um, we need more spaces in nature to gather together. I, I, there's There were just so many elements of it that I believed in philosophically that um, and I also want to acknowledge the overwhelm. Like everybody is overwhelmed all the time and the garden felt like a solution to that overwhelm, weirdly. Like could we all make dinner together after school at the gardens while the kids play in a safe, loving environment um, and we all hold each other? So I guess it was just, it just felt very alive in my own mind and if you're in circle with your friends who you love, you can ignore the whinging. Mm, yes (laughs) you know you can just be like I get it I get it I get it but it's really important and we need to do this too and then Lou you're so inspired by uh, the work of racial justice on all of your platforms and in your life and then your passion takes all of us in that direction so it's quite a beautiful virtuous circle that we all can journey together holding hands and I think there's now enough trust in the circle that everyone's showing up yeah well, I was just going to say there's another um aspect to the circle not everyone that comes needs to have their passion or thing that they're directing there are lots of mums that are coming with babies who can't really participate um at the moment but they're still showing up and they're coming um to be in circle in community in a space that at some point they might want to or have the room to act in. Yeah, and I think that's important too because some of those mums, when they are available and come, they offer such a deep wisdom 
from where they're sitting in their space with their baby. It's actually, uh, yeah, it's really beautiful. I've seen that happen a few times. They can't physically act a lot of the time. But mm. They can um, yeah. offer that and support. And, and also just to say, like, when you're listening to this, there's been a lot of tears, a lot of mums especially of young babies who feel inept at their inability to contribute in the way that uh, they want and the really important thing is you have to decide the quality within which you want to hold the space the circle and this we decided right at the beginning would be a space of no judgment and just as you were saying Lou just being together just showing up to that circle is so powerful and those of us who can act do and those of us who can the the most they can do is show up well that's enormous and that's appreciated Mm. yeah and I think you know just from a a highlight point of view I think you know we started on such kind of uh, not knowing what direction we were going to take not knowing also feeling probably a little bit definitely I was feeling resistant as to being called to expect to be doing something else when you feel so hammered in your personal life you know with your children and all that kind of stuff and being wary of um, burnout and things like that but I have to say there was a moment so we were doing the Indigenous uh, started building these Indigenous wooden crosses with our uh, First Nations community here Uh, that came about by I ended up chatting to one of the local Indigenous leaders and just said you know we have this group is there anything we can do to um, help which was an uncomfortable conversation because I had approached her I'd never met her before personally and I approached her because with the most recent Black Lives Matter movement I felt it was absolutely terrible that I didn't even know one of the local Aboriginal people who ran a lot of the initiatives. So that was an, I had to take myself out of my comfort zone and go have a conversation. But that conversation actually changed a lot of things um, in the sense when I asked her what she needed, uh, she said, I I need someone to build 441 crosses to represent the lives in the deaths in custody and uh, the lives lost. And uh, of course, when someone asks you that, you know, with such a deep intention, you've got to do your best. So uh, I rang Tiff straight away and I said, Radical Hope Club, we've got another thing to do. And we didn't expect that we would build all of them. We were going to split it up with other groups, but we ended up building all of them with the Indigenous community. They There was a beautiful scene at Tiff's house where um, we were painting them all. And I just felt a togetherness and a quiet and uh, a peacefulness that I haven't felt for a long time working alongside people you don't know but you've all got an intention to try and make the world a better place and I think that that yeah that's definitely a a very very important thing to be happening right now. That's so beautiful and it's the best that we can hope for to do things together with intention and a sense of community. Mm. Yeah I feel so deeply that our engagement with what the world right in front of us, not in a tribal sense, but from an expansive place that our interior world, so our inner chatter and the fabric of the community we live in is going to be the thing that saves us if we can make sure that those spaces are vital, nourishing, regenerative, alive spaces that we have tended to so both the inner world and that immediate outer world and then from that container if you will if that is good and nourished and um, held then we can contribute 
more broadly to the outside world. If everything is out of our control and and we don't have any touch points and everything is uh, run by algorithms, well, then we're just handing it over to complete disempowerment. And I'm I know none of us are interested in that and we get to create the world we leave our children and this is some of the steps of how we're going to do it. That's it. We're fostering real connections in, you know, face-to-face interactions whilst working on projects together. It's really, you know, an antidote to the helplessness, I find, Um, and, you know, having that thread of hope woven through everything is really uplifting. I think it's really important for mums especially. I mean, that's how we have intersected being mothers. You don't have to be mothers, obviously, to create a group to do anything like this, but we're really harnessing and tapping into our strengths as mothers, nurturing our children. We're trying to nurture each other and ripple that out into community. So our community feels held and we feel hopeful and hopefully that ripples out too. And from a practical point of view, we wrote a, um, was it a little bit of a pledge here you've got, Tiff, if you want to go through, maybe read that out um, just so we would keep focused on who we were. Yeah, we wrote these four words down, accept, prepare, dream, create, which basically means for us we accept the reality of this moment We commit to prepare ourselves, our families, homes and our community for a changing world. We gather to dream forward a world our hearts know is possible and create that regenerative and joyful future. So that's been a good true north to come back to for us. Why do you think, I think something I've learned through this coming together has been the importance of community groups. And Bez, I thought you could talk a little bit about your learnings about a group such as the CWA. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, like (laughs) the Country Women's Association in Australia has been one of the most powerful community groups of the last 100 years and their voice has been potent and significant and very much working to do meaningful community work in the background. And they've just been a model in a way for us It was of its time. It still is. Many of us are also members of the CWA because Byron Bay is a regional community. It just, it it shows, it's not heroic, these acts. It's not about we're going to change the world and we're Amazonians and Wonder Women and it's, they're not big brassy gestures. It's the coming together with like-minded souls for joint purpose that has always made the world and it feels even more potent now when we feel so disenfranchised and disempowered and on our couches. I mean, COVID, what a year it's been of isolation um, but but yet we could still gather on Zoom and we have. We've had many Zoom gatherings. That point mm. of connection is probably ongoing from now going to be the most potent currency in the world connection real connection with others and the ability to move in an aligned way to um to do meaningful work on the ground so I don't know if that answers your question Louis but my faith in it is pretty absolute I love the fact that we have this circle now that doesn't always have to be active but is 
staying complete and staying together so that when a time arises that we are needed and we do need to rally together, our community is, it's already there. And I think initially, you know, we started this in that horrific season of bushfires, if you remember. When we met, there was bushfire smoke billowing outside your house Berry, and it was a very, very frightening feeling. And I think then we were thinking quite big, weren't we? We were like, we need to get our local town solar, solar driven. We need to have enough water supply. We need to, we need to really get together and make this happen. Which did feel, I would say, quite overwhelming. Very hopeful, but overwhelming. But since that uh, moment, we've sort of taken a little bit more bite-sized opportunities to concentrate on a few other things, so we haven't got as overwhelmed. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm just like, I never let go of those bigger plans. I think that's where we're going towards. And um, it's important to have the bigger vision and the things that you are striving towards. And then everybody has to walk there together. It's a little bit like the movie Trolls. I say it all the time in my family, no trolls left behind. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we, we, we... we walk there together and I think, um, like you said, bite-sized projects where, you, like you said, Lou, you can have a quiet moment of solidarity, painting the crosses and knowing that you are sitting in community and connection, that's what gets us to um, a fully regenerative, off-grid, water-independent region. We, we get there over time. We don't get there in six months. And you know what? It's it's so interesting that when you start the ripple, like when you you just reach out, you know, you guys reached out to um, the council for the community garden and you started that. I reached out to um, Auntie Delta to start the Indigenous conversation. And then suddenly, for example, on my side of things with the Indigenous stuff, I realised, hey, what about once we do these crosses, what if we can move them to Melbourne? What about that? Then I reach out to someone I know who's uh, First Nations in Melbourne and he's like, hey, let me reach into my community groups and see if we can shift them. Then I talk to someone else and they said, don't pay for those crosses to be shipped. Let's hit up a transport company who'll probably do it for free. And that's how it begins. It's so powerful. And now I'm thinking, wow, we've, we've gone from having zero connection really as a group with the Indigenous community to maybe now doing a double installation to talk about something that's absolutely crucial to be talking about. Love it so much. So do you, do you want to talk about anything else about the group or is there anything else to really sort of say to get people motivated and inspired to start their own group? Yeah, can I just, um, can you hear me? Yeah. I think that that first step to call people together into a circle can feel really vulnerable and exposing because what you're saying is that you care. You care enough to gather together a whole lot of people who may have different politics even. In our group, the different mothers that have different politics and yet we can come around shared values, we can come around our love of our children and we can be together on things that matter to all of us with a pot of tea, always important, and snacks, very important. (laughs) 
I would just encourage you, if you're thinking this is a good idea, it really, really is. You just might feel uncomfortable in that first meeting or two. But if you come with an intention, then that ultimately will be felt by everyone else. Yeah. And I think taking that first step does show that you care. And it's also daunting because you may call people together for a circle because you want to do something, but actually have no idea what you're doing, possibly speaking from experience. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) I think, like you said, Bez, holding that intention and just kind of believing in the circle and the potential of what could come of this is really important. Fumbling your way through, knowing that you're allowed to make mistakes, knowing that you don't need to know what you're doing, but just creating a a space to meet will have benefits that will become apparent along the way. Yeah. And I want to mention that, you know, we've gone from a circle of uh, a bit of fumbling uh, led by by Tiff and Barry initially. Barry then had to move back down to Melbourne and Tiff has really taken the reins um, as a leader because, you know, as a you sort of think, do we need a leader, do we not? I would say you need someone to lead to lead everyone, to keep everyone in check, to, to hold things, and I think, um, Tiff, you're doing that so beautifully. You need somebody to send out the group text yeah. that nobody replies to, <laughs> that everyone declines. That's what you need someone to do. Yeah. And I and I just sit and listen to Tiff um, and try and be supportive, but Tiff definitely takes the um, yeah the responsibility and the management of the group. And you know, it's got it's it's even extended now where you know someone in our group is uh, is in has ties in the fashion industry, so now we're sort of going to create merchandise so we could fundraise to be able to do more things because. The things that we require, you know, we might have to pay for some stuff. I think initially we all threw in $50 in a bank account. Yeah, we started to make, a kitty. We started a kitty just to make sure that um, we had something there in case we did. Um, for example, the painting of the crosses that we've just done, I think someone just ended up paying that. But um, I said that, you know, my company could pay for it a little bit and we can split some costs there. So um, from a money point of view and getting things going is good. So I just want to end in, uh, <laughs> I just want to end saying that, I love our new slogan, um, which Tori, uh, I have to credit Tori, which is uh, can't cope, get hope. So <laughs> love that, it. that's what we're rolling <laughs> at the Radical Hope Club. That'll be our merch. Um, but thank you both so much for um, chatting. Of course. It's Thanks a pleasure. Start the Radical Hope Club. Yes. And um, if you need any more information, you can head to our website, www.radicalhopeclub.com.au. Just.com, just radicalhopeclub.com. And the Instagram is Radical Hope Club. Radical Hope Club. <laughs> Thanks, Bears. So great to chat to you. Thanks for listening. For more interesting conversations like this one, check out our mag, Lunch Lady. It's filled with recipes, non judgy parenting advice, and funny, relatable stories about the ups and downs of raising kids. Head to shop.hellolunchlady.com.au to check it out. Or find us on Instagram at Hello Lunch Lady.